0: The Free For All Roundtable.
1: Round one. On round one today, Scott Reed is here, CTV political commentator, former advisor to Prime Minister Paul Martin. Deb Hutton is here, former advisor to two Ontario premiers, Jerry Egar from the Jerry Egar Show, 9 to noon. Are advisor af- to Canada. Are you afraid of being replaced by uh, artificial intelligence? Not not since I uh, got artificial
2: intelligence to try and write a column for me or write some yeah. commentary or do some political commentary, and I found out that it's actually biased um, toward the left, and also that while it could come up with a, a reasonable facsimile of my writing, it didn't it didn't have the
1: color, you know, like it's it's not there yet. Well, and that's the thing I find fascinating about this whole AI thing because. You've, I. Just, um, there's Sometimes I'm reading something in a newspaper or a magazine, and I just sit back and say, this is really well written. And I could run down a list, which I won't, because it would be embarrassing for some people, of columnists who work for our major papers and tell you, this person's a good writer, that person's a clunky writer, this one needs an editor, this person's a genius. So I don't know that AI is ever really going to take everything over. Yeah, I think Heather Malick, for instance, is a good writer. She's yes. a very good writer. She's, you know, I, I suspect you don't in the agree head, with her. As far her. as I'm concerned. All right. uh, but she's a good writer. Let's have a it Uh, it's budget day in Ottawa and I swear we treat this like it was Purim or something Um, Scott Reed uh, when you were back in the day was this an exciting day in Ottawa
3: oh yeah it's a huge day it was a different beast back then Um, back then we're in the context of trying to build back from you know 30 years of deficits and so the budget was the government's mission statement on an annual basis and it would actually start in the fall and it would end in the spring with the release of the budget. This government treats it differently. Um, Doesn't mean this isn't going to be an important event. Doesn't mean it it won't actually matter to real people out there. But they just don't use their budgets, if I can put it that way. They don't use their budgets in in order to tell a, a persisting story about who they are and what they're focused on and where their priorities lie. So
1: it'll be here. It'll be gone tomorrow. And in the
3: meantime, it'll be Uh, hundreds of billions of dollars spent.
1: Yeah, Deb Hutton, it certainly is a a roadmap. And one of the things we know, for example, is an existing program where people get a GST rebate for groceries will continue. And it's means tested. Finally, something is means tested. Uh, And then I guess there's the grand reveal, like we're in the prestige, where we'll find out what the actual bottom line numbers are.
0: Yeah, but it, to Scott's point, it's it's not what it used to be because everybody telegraphs all of the secrets in the budget, basically. But so they're able to get earned media for days and weeks before. So, uh, and and quite honestly, and thankfully, uh, although we've got a beer tax, I suspect coming, uh, there's not a lot of taxation right now. So that used to be the thing. That's why four o'clock was the time the minister stood up. Now, I mean, it's the worst kept secret ever. Uh, let's be clear on the grocery rebate. It's just money in people's pockets. It's not about groceries. You don't have to prove that you bought groceries with it. Uh, and I think the other thing they will be watching for today is the clean economy stuff, because I do worry supporting clean economy means a whole lot of our tax dollars going to individual private companies.
1: And Jerry Agard, Deb was mentioning, you don't have to restrict yourself to this, but uh, the beer tax. I suspect that the alcohol tax will be unchanged today, with respect to our good friend Scott.
2: You you think that, that uh, increase, which was supposed to be one of the highest increases ever in alcohol tax, is
1: not going to happen? No, I think it is going to happen. I don't think they're going to retreat at all.
2: Oh, I see. Okay. Well, you know, more tax, more tax, more tax. And this uh, grocery thing, uh, which, yes, you can spend it on whatever you want, but you look at the numbers, and it's going to be one trip to the grocery store. The way grocery prices are today, the Government could really do something about grocery prices if they wanted to, but no, they just do the shiny object of taking one person's money and giving it to another one. Uh,
3: Well, but wouldn't you hate? Wouldn't you hate with the? of a thousand burning suns, what the government might do, Jerry, what they might do is legislate prices and you would
2: hate that. I don't want them to legislate prices. What I want them to do is cancel the uh, carbon tax and uh, that would make groceries and everything else uh, cheaper. Stop punishing c- Canadians for something Canadians aren't doing. We're not the problem it's when it comes to global the, warming. It's not the carbon tax that is driving
3: worldwide well, cost of living. And inflation
2: how, how, really much, how much does the carbon tax cost the average Ontarian? By the time we get through this decade, it'll be costing the average Ontario family over $1,400. That's actual money, Scott, to most people. Uh,
3: Yeah, but if you think the problem with groceries uh, that's happening here and in every Western developed nation is because of one policy instrument we are choosing to do, then let's be honest, that's just BS.
2: No, I, I didn't say that was the one factor, but if you take the carbon tax off, groceries will be cheaper. You can't deny that. Uh, i might well, i might tonight
3: actually be we don't know that it'll get passed on i mean that's why those ceos were in front of the house of commons would they or would they say sorry there have been other variable that uh, caused fluctuation in it. I'm not defending the... Like, it's a GST rebate. And last year, it was a GST rebate. This year, it's a grocery tax rebate. It's got nothing
1: to do with groceries. So, uh, Brad Hunter writes in the Toronto Sun, I guess we have to be somewhat careful about how we talk about this. But according to his police sources, the 22-year-old accused of having stabbed a 16-year-old to death on the TTC was actually on release. We don't know what form of that was, but according to the police source quoting here, he's currently... Out on numerous releases, probation prohibited bail, name it. He's been released on it. I guess this kind of fits into your uh, blotter, Jerry.
2: Yeah, it's. Uh, I looked at that and thought, well, here we go again. I mean, if we're if we're not going to manage dangerous people, then uh, what now? Maybe we'll lock him up. I wouldn't be surprised if we hear he gets out on bail even after this. Deb Hutton
0: so imagine you're the mom and dad of that 16 year old and this is what you read in the paper can you even begin to imagine how that feels that this could have been prevented if we actually had a justice system that was about true justice I am so sick and tired of molly coddling our criminals and you know like it's, it's individual criminals rights above the rights of the rest of us and it's time for something to happen federally provincially those are the two areas where we need to make absolute changes in our bail and our parole. Uh, I guess to a certain extent, um, you know, there's a municipal component, but honestly, it's about the laws and it's about how we treat our criminals. And it's disgusting.
1: Important to say on this particular case, um, one of our people tried to, as they say, match the story, reached out to their own independent police sources, but nobody was able to confirm. That doesn't mean it's not true at all. It just means that, you know, the information is tight at Toronto Police Service. Scott Reed, your thought?
2: Uh, Can I say quickly, Brad Hunter, who wrote that story is going to join me at 9 20 this morning good scott good
3: uh let's work on the assumption that it is true uh not that that means that it has to be true but let's work on the assumption it's true because that's where the policy debate lies i i think there needs to be bail reform uh, i also know that bail reform won't be a panacea i i think so much of what's happening right now is you know we we've got a situation where some of the fundamental social uh supports just don't exist. And so our our public transit system has really turned into a moving homeless shelter. And so you've got a lot of people who have very fundamental mental health issues. Some of them have escalated in the areas of crime. Others, obviously, are just flat out criminals. But, you know, I think that's an, an another huge piece of this. And I don't know what the answer to it is. um, But I know that what's happening right now is not adequate. So they got to start paying cops to get back on to have a deterring effect and a quicker response effect. It's massive money, but the province and the feds are just going to have to lean in and help. We're going to have to really ask ourselves, what are we doing in terms of supports? And we're going to have to figure out What we do uh, to make certain these monster gaps that are happening in a city where 100, 150,000 new people are coming each and every year, we're just
1: breaking this thing at the seams, man. Toronto MP Han Dong, who resigned last week amid allegations that he lobbied the Consul General for China to keep the two Michaels in detention, he is now threatening legal action against global news. Uh, important to say here that no other news organization has been able to confirm this story. Global, so far, is the only one that ran with it. Uh, Deb Hutton, I don't know if you heard Gavin Ty, the lawyer, with us a little while ago, but he was saying that Dong may have, or Han, I should say may have a good case
0: yeah and listen the best defense is a good offense which is clearly what he's doing here if in fact he is as he says completely innocent of these allegations then good on him and if he's not i guess the justice system such as it is will decide uh the contrary.
1: Okay, so Jerry, even outside of an inquiry, maybe we're going to learn the truth.
2: Well, um, he doesn't have to prove himself innocent, of course. Uh, the Glo- or the Global is going to have to demonstrate their case, but they don't seem to be afraid of the lawsuit, so I find
1: that uh, interesting as well. Right. But, and by the way, the lawsuit doesn't exist yet. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It's a threatened lawsuit, but every person being sued says they're going to win. Scott Reed.
3: Well, I voice concerns immediately.
1: Uh, I mean, you know, and Global ran the
3: story, uh, uncorroborated source, um, and we're ripping up people's reputations and names here. So I hope he's guilty. I've said this before, I hope he's guilty, because if he isn't guilty, he's been subject to such a massive injustice that even winning the suit isn't going to correct it. It won't remove the stain. You know that tons of people are going to look at this guy for the rest of his life and go, yeah, right, there's something up there. And we got to be really careful about the way we talk about these issues. They're really serious, and yes, there's lots of efforts to interfere, but we had to be very, very careful we don't reach back into sort of red menace, yellow menace territory. And when The Globe published that they were shot this story, and and since they would not be provided by the sources, an independent copy of the transcript upon which it's all based, they said, sorry, it will not meet our editorial standards. And they walked right down the street, went to Global, and Global ran it. So we're going to see if Global's
1: editorial standards pass muster as determined by a court. Uh, City officials seems to be the consensus, the deputy mayor, the guy who's in charge of the TTC, um, that there's no easy solution for violence on the TTC. Deb, that may be true, but, you know, um, I I keep pointing out it's going to take us a while to build drug rehab centers and homeless shelters. But we need the peace by like, you know, today on the TTC.
0: Yeah. And and Scott articulated some of the things that have to happen when we were talking about the stabbing just a few moments ago. My issue, though, is that we need to build zero tolerance for all of the little things on the TTC, because I actually believe that will help. So fare evasion, uh, people who are causing a disturbance, whether they are clearly uh, suffering from mental illness or not, we need to get individuals who cause uh, fear and who appear to be a threat to individuals off the subway system, out of the stations, period. And I'm just, as I said earlier, the notion that we are more concerned about individual people and whether, you know, we might be. Potentially harming their rights versus the safety of the rest of us is crap. And it's time for us to crack down, as I said, on the little things, because I actually think that will have an impact overall on our subway system and on our, our collective safety.
2: Sure. And they're two different stories. Um, they tie together. But, um, you know, yesterday you had a uh, counselor here who was saying the TTC. John Burns. Yeah, John Burnside said the TTC is not a social service agency. And that's right. They run the TTC. And they need to run it safely. And, you know, well, what are you going to do with the guy? Uh, What are you going to do? Take him to jail or whatever it was. John Tory was saying the clip you played a little earlier, John. Uh, And uh, well, that's the social service agency problem. It's not the TTC problem. You didn't pay your fare or no, I'm sorry. You can't just use this as your home. You can't sleep here. You're out. That's it.
1: Somebody else will have to deal with you. But you're out. And I, I don't know why it isn't that simple. Yeah, Scott Reed, I was saying to Minister Tobolo that I just think we've got to go back to more police officers for the time being. And then I asked him if he would ask the premier if the province would be prepared to backstop us on that budget wise. And he kind of didn't take the question.
3: Yeah, you shimmied for sure. He did. I agree with you. Um, I know that. Policing isn't the whole of the answer. May not even be an adequate part, an adequate part of the answer. And I know that there will, by the way, be problems with it. I know that my twenty-year-old son, who's six foot two, standing in his white, was standing next to his buddy, who's six foot two and is black. He, they're probably he's probably going to get a little bit more hassle. Uh, his friend, um, but the only thing we can do in the immediate term, it seems to me is more robust policing and get back to having people on the trains the police on the trains in uniforms as a deterring effect to at least affect that portion of it and i think that needs to happen overnight and i think the province has to step in and say they will backstop otherwise we're just everyone's just speaking in sentences and passing the buck thank you all good to have
1: you scott reed deb hutton and jerry agar Catch the round table. Round one at 7.45. Round two at 8.45. Weekday mornings on More in the Morning. News Talk 1010, Toronto.